So somebody, I'm not sure who it is, um, has like um, really bad stomach ulcers that they're dealing with right now. And so um, you guys just want to take a moment with me and let's see him whole. Let's do it. Let's just, this is how we do it in our group. Okay. I feel like it's a girl, but there may be multiple people. Just seeing whoever it is, just that pain going away. There's a, there's a really debilitating pain. I'm just seeing that completely disappear. Huge relief washing over them. This person really likes something at Taco Bell that they can't eat right now. And you're going to be able to eat it, and it's going to be amazing. So I'm just seeing you pigging out on that, whoever you are. All right. Thanks, everybody. Amen. That is bad if you can't go to Taco Bell. They took my favorite thing off the menu, though. It was... Oh, I like... Did they take Mexican pizza off, too? Oh, I liked Mexican pizza, too. But no, the deal of the century was... The um, double crunch soft shell tacos for a dollar. So if I wanted the meal for me and the boys, I'd go there and get 10 tacos for 10 bucks. <laughs> it was wonderful. And then Solomon, I gave him some money to go, and he goes, Dad, they took it off the menu. I said, gosh. I was probably making him lose money on that deal. So anyway. Yeah, like two weeks ago or something, wasn't it? Yeah, they just changed their whole menu. Irritates me. Yep. So, um, anyway, you want to hear a cool Inspire 100 deal? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There's two parts to this, which is really kind of cool. So, uh, it's, so this is a single mom. We actually prayed for her in uh, one of the Wednesday nights. And so, anyway... Uh, Let me read what she sent, just the thank you. She said, Mike and Inspire 100, thank you so much for the money you sent. This year has been really difficult. I can't even explain how much this helped. I have very few people in my life that I can turn to, and what you did for me, like out of the blue, for a stranger, leaves me speechless. Also, I want to thank everyone that prayed for me. I start my job on Monday. I'm so grateful and how it all happened. It was all God. It's so exciting. Thanks for being so kind and so generous and giving to us and giving me hope. I appreciate all of you. So that's cool. So what she's saying about the job, so the, the, um, her mom said uh, when the whole COVID thing started, she got laid off, wasn't getting any money. The only money she had was the, uh, what did they call that thing? The stimulus thing or whatever, right? So um, that was it. And so she just asked us to pray on that one of those Wednesday nights. And then, um, so she wrote two parts to this. She goes, my daughter stopped by today. She had tears in her eyes. She got the she got the other check. We sent her two checks. And just a side note, she's not a crier. She was so surprised, so happy, so thankful. Thanks for doing that for her. It means so much. So she wrote a thank you, and I'll send you a picture of it. That's what I was reading from the, the thank you note. I was trying to put it up there so you guys could see it, but it didn't come out. So then she said, I just want to tell you in Wednesday group, thanks for the prayers for my daughter. She was at that point of giving up after being unemployed for seven months since being laid off, <clears throat> having a baby in the, in the whole COVID job market. And due to an error with unemployment, had zero income except for that stimulus tech. So we just prayed and saw her like full and making more money than she's ever had and, and being able to do it very conveniently with divine speed. And so, so last week she got a random call from a recruiter that she worked with for last year for a job she didn't apply for, the pay range and job description she was hoping for. She gets to work from home, flexible hours, all equipment provided right on time, exclamation point. Isn't that cool? So 
it's a three-month assignment. I told her that's perfect because it gives her time to raise her standards on what she asked for next. I love that. And God wants, because God wants to give you the very best on a silver platter. It's our own hearts and minds holding us back. Thanks again for the prayer group and all that you do. It's life-changing. Isn't that cool? So thank you for all you inspire 100 people and the people that prayed. Man, I got tons of testimonies. I'll, I'll go through a few here. Um, Claude, I told him he would do it from Geneva, Switzerland. Geneva, how they say it, Geneva, right? So, uh, so anyway, he had sent in a, a prayer request and, and something about his heart and was having a lot of pain. And, and so we prayed for him and then went to bed because of the time zones. And so this is what showed up when, when, uh, when we woke up. Mike's, thanks for the advice. Here's a fresh testimony. <clears throat> After writing you guys and feeling pain, I listened to your I and the Father are one podcast twice. The pain was increasing to the point it came to there's an instant miracle I call the ambulance. And what you share, there are a few key declarations that spoke deeply to me about my oneness with Christ and my flesh actually being the flesh of Christ. The battle was raging internally between the pain, chest, truth, and my glorious health as a son. Resolving to, I, resolving to rather die trying and trusting, my head turned down to my left toward my heart. And it was if Christ as me, amen, it was if Christ as me spoke to my heart telling me, just be healed. A deep peace and joy came upon me. All pain left. I slept like a baby. It's 8.30 a.m. Yay, God. Yes, indeed. Nothing is impossible when we come to the realization of our true identity. And in my case, it had to take, it had to take, had to take me to breaking point, fully trusting me as the Father and not giving in to pain and fear. Father, you're here with me. I'm not going and giving in this time, however the circumstances look. The life of God in me is the only reality. We're one. Sorry for barging in on your messenger this way. He sent it to me on messenger. I just asked him to put it to... Info at freedomministries.org if you're sending in prayer requests. It's hard, for, it's hard for me. I shouldn't see these guys. It's hard for me to keep them all in one place. <laughs> Otherwise, we, if I've got them in Messenger and email, everything. It's just, if you need prayer, just info at freedomministries.org. Just email it there. It's easier. And so uh, <clears throat> I didn't know the protocols and was in, in desperate state. While you wrote back to me, I was experiencing the miracle. Time zones, you know? I'm still kind of pinching myself. My daughter had tears today enjoying your services and your unconventional style. <laughs> <laughs> the better kind of Christianity. Well, that's good. I'm glad he likes unconventional style. You like unconventional style? I, I can't do normal church. Normal church is like church. I tried to run away from that. So that would be bad. Um, oh, this kind of cool one, almost like the $100,000 debt last week. Wasn't that one cool? So this is, uh, this is um, a friend from California. that uh, well, I, I've only met him once, but um, he watches online. He says, since early January, I've been consuming every one of your sermons this year. I now understand that I'm a co-creator. It's my job to divine a clear vision of what I want, see and feel as if it's already done, and believe it, day after day. Then I let God determine the when and the how. In early mid-February, I began to see myself being debt-free in 2020. I was $130,000 in debt, almost all of it credit card and student loan. The COVID pandemic hit, and then this really all seemed impossible. Yet I held fast to all that you were teaching. To be completely transparent, at first, I wouldn't allow myself to even think about believing that this could happen this year. But day after day, I persisted, then stopped, and then I stopped trying to figure it out. I stopped trying to do God's job for him. I let go and just decided to define the what I wanted and let him determine the when and the how. Morning and night, I would just close my eyes. I would see myself as completely debt-free. I would visualize logging on to pay my credit card bills and seeing the balances at zero. I saw my student loans at zero, which seemed impossible at first because I was paying on them for 18 years and they just became a part of me. I thought about the freedom it would bring and how I wouldn't have to feel less than anymore. 
Many times I literally smiled, I cried as I was visualizing it. I'd always been in debt since I was 20, now I'm 53. I didn't even realize how much it had been preventing me from believing I could have a better life. Then something really amazing happened. Out of the woodwork, two other bills popped up from past business deals totaling 52000 which I had totally forgotten about. So the exact opposite of what I was praying for and visualizing was happening. Now I'm $182,000 in debt. <laughs> what, is, what am I doing wrong? Nothing. Listen to the rest. Right? Keep going. You're not doing anything wrong. At first, my gut reaction was fear, but I didn't waver as I felt the Spirit of God telling me now that all debts were in the open, and now I could truly be debt-free. Every single day, I thank God that I was debt-free, and then it started. Well, everyone was been at home with no work since March. I was out seven days a week just trying to keep up with the calls that were calling me from existing clients. I didn't do any advertising, just literally calls out of the blue. I was at 300% of my sales by the end of March while everybody else was at home. And all, all my business was skyrocketing. There's no explaining some of the crazy sales that happened. Over and over, people would say, we're going to hold off on this, but we feel something telling us, now's the time. So we just called you. <clears throat> Six months later, I only have about $40,000 left to pay. God has retired over $140,000 in debt in six months during this whole time where everybody else is at home. I will be debt-free by the end of 2020. Thanks to you, I don't do linear thinking anymore. I'm a co-creator and just create. Isn't that cool? So linear thinking means, you know he's talking about linear thinking, right? Linear thinking is you go through a debt program and you put envelopes together and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, letting God do is just like, let him do it. It's better. Amen? So anyway, I mean, you can do it. It works. Like linear, it works. It just takes you a long time. How many of you guys want prayer now? When it says, believe you have received it, then I have received it. That doesn't mean I work for it. I receive it. Amen? I've been sharing that with you. Slaves work and sons inherit. It's the whole concept of scripture, by the way, when you understand it. You have a daddy and you have an inheritance, and it's a big one. Amen? Let's see, what else do I got here? What else do I got here? Oh, some of you guys heard Ryan. Ryan's, uh, when he was on that one night, says, check this out, bro. My brother-in-law, my, br- my brother-in-law was told yesterday that they had, to emer- they had to do emergency heart surgery for a fully blocked artery and put stints in. Wednesday morning, I just laid in bed imagining them checking him out before surgery and seeing no blockage, totally clear. That evening, they actually went ahead with the surgery, but the doctor said when they got in, it was completely clear with nothing there, nothing blocking. He didn't know what had happened. 24 hour, tw- <laughs> that's how Ryan talks. 24 hours, baby, it's done. God is still asking us to hold his beer and watch this. Cheers. <laughs> that's how he always says it. God goes, hold my beer a minute, watch this, just to surprise you. That's funny. Can he say that? Is that legal? Uh, that's good, isn't it? I'll, I'll get going. There's more. I, honestly, I just have to like pick them. So, all right. Okay, I just, you know what? I, I, I was telling Barbara, I said, I really think I'm supposed to stay on this, the glory you gave me in this whole one concept one more week. You guys okay with that? Okay. Because uh, I was going to do a couple other things already. So I've got, like my brain starts going, but... Anyway, um, when I wrote the Facebook post and the email today, if we bring that, that uh, yeah, I, I put it here so I don't have to look over there anymore. I got slides up here. So anyway, when we read John 17, 21, I mean, we, I think we read over this stuff so often that we really don't think of the implications of this. So here's God, all humanity. In fact, most Christians even have a concept of God outside of them, don't they? Like when they pray, they think they're praying to some entity out here or you're separate from him. 
And when we read this, John 17, this, this whole idea says that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us. So he's trying to show you this seamless thing that I'm in you, you're in me, they're in us. And he's really giving us this imagery that there's, there cannot be any separation. If I'm in the Father, he's in the Son, and they're in us, and we're in him, it's like this weird uh, concept that there's, there's literally nothing can separate it. You guys cool with that so far? All right. That they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I've given them. That they may be one just as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may be complete, perfect teleos in one. So think about what he's saying. We're one with God, not less than one with God, not less than the anointing of God, not less than Christ. We're one with Christ. That should be a big deal in itself. And then I think we just sang Revelation song with beauty and honor and glory and power, right? We're singing all these things. But have you sung it about yourself? In Zephaniah, it says, I sing this over you. I sing over you these songs. Amen? Can you wake up and realize this is all about you? This whole book's about you. Amen? Isn't that amazing? So he's going, I've given them my glory. So how much glory were we just singing about? What does, what does that look like to you? Everybody has different ideas of what that glory is. But I think most people are like, yeah, God's glorious. We have no problem with God being glorious, but I really think most people have a hard time them, them being glorious. Amen? And, uh, and it's the whole idea of separation and, and the idea that sin is behavior and somehow we don't deserve it. And, and uh, you cannot find separation in Scripture. You cannot find it. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. So you've never been separate. You've never been apart from him. And uh, so if we're one with Christ, there's nothing bigger in this world than God, is there? That means there's nothing bigger in this world than us, uh, yeah, like Roy and Patty, you're, you're, it, what, is it your son whose house? Yeah, so in Santa Rosa, the fires were coming really close, and we just prayed, and you said, I saw literally like a, the fire go around it like a U, and it stopped a mile from everything, and it's a little U. She just showed me on the... So we had to just, just go brush off the ashes and everything, right? Yeah, that's how it works, man. <laughs> that's just how it works. It's so good, isn't it? No smoke damage, just like ours, and so... Uh, yeah, the fire things are pretty easy for us now. You know what? Because it gives you confidence. After you do it like 20 times, you're going, oh, this isn't that big a deal, right? And so um, anyway, think about that. Does God have the glory to stop that fire? And you're one with him. Do you have that? Okay, sing over yourself. Think about that. Glory, honor, power. He says, you've given him. Now, if we really interest, what book is that in? I, I told you what book it was in. Yeah, the sing over you is Zephaniah, but what the Revelation song is obviously from Revelation. Revelation 1 says the apocalyptus or the unveiling of what? Jesus Christ. And if you see Jesus without a veil, Paul tells us the Spirit himself transforms us into the same image. So when you see who you are without a veil, the Spirit himself transforms you into that same image of a Revelation song. Amen? It's pretty cool. I was thinking about that when we were singing it going, man, if, if we could ever get this, me included, just, uh, is this helping though? When you start going through these scriptures, and you know what I'd really challenge you is read scripture without ever, without any bias. Just start reading it again. And uh, read what's there, not what you think, set, think what's there. Because it's really interesting if you read what's there. And then if we go into the Greek and Hebrew like I'm doing, you're like, oh my God, way more is there than you see in English, right? So anyway, so you're not something less than Christ. You're one with Christ. 
We're, we, we all believe God's glorious. Revelation is knowing he has given us the same glory. Now, that letter up there is a left. It's the first letter of the, the Hebrew alphabet. So in Hebrew, every number has a, or every letter has a number as well as a picture and uh, an idea behind it. So in the beginning, Genesis 1, right? Bereshit, bara, Elohim, Aleph, Toph. You see that Aleph, Toph, right? And so, um, you know, if you look at it still today, it says untranslatable mark of the accusative. We don't even translate it in an English Bible. We're like, we don't know what that is. So Genesis 1, we're off, right? We're like, we don't know. We just give up. Like the Bible is the clear word of God. Well, you missed Genesis 1. <laughs> if you missed the first verse, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence on the other verses, actually. So, uh, but it, it's pretty interesting because there's so much truth. The whole, the whole scripture's in that. I'm telling you, the whole Bible's in Genesis 1 if you really want to dig into it. And uh, so, you and the Father are one. Christ and you are one. Yahweh and you are one. The Lord. Because a lot of people, I, I hear a lot of really religious Christians in this town, like, he's, what do they say? He's my, uh, he's my Savior, but now I made him Lord. Oh, you're such a religious turd, you. So, like, you don't even know what that means. I promise you, you don't know what that means. I guess I'm just this lowly guy who hasn't made him Lord yet. And they said it with that thing in my Bible. So anyway, it's like, bah, gives me the willies. So I just run. I really do. So when he says we are one, we are one. Aleph, this is pretty cool if you just look at the Hebrew letter. So in the beginning, can you start any place further than the beginning than the beginning? So let's look at Aleph. Number one represents oneness with the creator. So this is Hebrew, their interpretation of this thing. Like this is what's in this letter. Number one, represents oneness with the creator. Nothing is separate and the creator is the source of everything. Now what's cool, if you look at it, it's got two yods, which are, the picture is the hand of God above and below of a vav. And so it's formed from two yods above and below a vav. Now a yod, the, the yod was a picture of a hand. It meant the ability to do work, strength of God to do work, right? So there's, this thing is so rich when you look into it. So what is this oneness? So Vav is a nail that, that literally connects heaven and earth. It, it takes the abundance <clears throat> from the heavens into the spiritual. And even in the Hebrew, when they talk about Vav, it's, a, it's also a picture of a nail or a connector. And they say, this is Yaakov, Jacob, where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's got the Vav in there, Yaakov, right? And it literally, when, when Jacob's laying on the ground there, what does he say? I saw angels ascending and descending from heaven to earth through the Vav, which is you and I, actually. We're the, we're the tabernacle. We're where the messages go from heaven and earth. We're where he, we are where heaven meets earth. So the Vav is a picture of a nail. It's also a picture of a human being standing that, that brings heaven down to earth. Isn't that cool? A little different than we are one. Yeah, can we explain that a little bit? What does that actually mean, right? So it's formed from two, two yods. Now, this, doesn't this sound like I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And uh, <clears throat> kingdom is, is the, the word basilius in Greek, and it literally, his royal rule and reign. And we also see those verses where it says, it's the Father's great pleasure to give who the kingdom? The Father's great pleasure to give you guys the kingdom, which is his rule and reign, his royal rule and reign, right? We see this in this letter, letter Aleph. The two yods above and below a vav. And so it literally is what you do in the heavens, the strength of God in the heavens is connected through mankind, the vav, and you'll see the strength in his work on earth below. That's Aleph. 
That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Isn't that pretty good? You don't get that in Bible school. They go, the Bible clearly says, and then they quote something ridiculous. So it's formed from two yods above and below a vav, and uh, connecting the spiritual world with the physical. It represents the creation. This is what, as I was reading this, I was like, God, this is so good. So to them, a left meant it represents the creation from something out of apparent nothingness. Now, we know there's something there. That's where quantum physics and science is going. There literally is no vacuum. Everything that we look like there's supposed to be space, we know it's actually filled with something where there's literally something there, even though they can get it down to almost a perfect vacuum. And it's, we know it's the kingdom of God that holds everything together. It's Christ himself. So the ability to create something out of apparent nothingness, which is just the spirit of God that's there and holds everything together. And it is the timeless, spaceless, and present everywhere. You are one with that entity that is timeless. There's spaceless. It's everywhere. And you can create apparent, you can create something out of apparent nothingness. You're one with that. What you do above through you is connected. What you do in the spirit is connected to what you'll see below in the physical. That's a laugh. Isn't that good? That's pretty awesome. So then when it says, Bereshit bara Elohim, so in the beginning, bara, bet resh, <clears throat> bar is son, and then ra is to see. And so it's the word create. And it says, in the beginning, sons could see and create Elohim. And Eloah is God, and Yad and Mem is plural gods. I have, I have made you gods, one that's made out of many. That's, that was you from the beginning. Aleph Toph is the next one. So here's the thing. You're one. Toph is the last letter. You're the beginning of the end. This timeless, spaceless, present everywhere thing. You were crucified. The two sticks, I've been trying to show you this, is the true meaning is not just the, the Roman cross, guys. Wood all through scripture, the two wooden sticks. We see it everywhere. We see the... Um, the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. When they built the Ark of the Covenant, you see this, the acacia wood in and out with gold, where gold and humanity are one, right? You see, the, you see the Ark of the Covenant on how many poles? Acacia wood poles. Two poles. So a toff is literally the sign or the covenant, and it's two wooden sticks crossed. Wood throughout the entire scripture is mankind. So here's what he's saying. The, from the beginning... You've been one, and Christ is crucified to the body of man, literally attached to mankind. Therefore, since he was obedient, even unto the crucifixion where we entered into the body, he's given him a name above all names because your true genesis is from him. Like, I could be Popovich, you're Douglas, right? But he's going, no, 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 that's not the true origin. The true origin is me. You get it? That's why he has the name above all names. I see these interpreters going, well, he was so obedient, he went to the cross. I'm like, no, that's not what it is. Yes, I get what you're trying. <laughs> it's so much deeper than that and better than that, trust me. It's like he was so humiliated that we're going to give him something good. No, what he was trying to say is he's in all mankind. He's attached to all flesh. That's, therefore, he has the name above all names because he's in all of you. Amen? Does that make more sense to you? Now at the cross actually means something. When Paul says, I know nothing but Christ crucified, that's what he's trying to say. What does Paul say in Romans? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now you get what he's trying to say. I don't know anything but Christ crucified. Nothing can separate you from him. That was the cross, a left off from the beginning. That's who you were, and it'll always be that way. From timeless, spaceless, nothing can separate you. Not even death is what he said. Isn't that cool? 
anyway, I get excited about that stuff because I'm like, man, if you got this, it's actually way better than what you, you understand. So, uh, can I just go through a couple of science things real quick, just as a reminder? Because then I want to show you that what I'm, what I'm showing you, this, this whole thing is like real. So this is, you've heard me say all this, but here's Joe Dispenza. I love his stuff, as you know. You just don't have to do it that long. I'm just trying to save you some time. Um, on how to create miracles. We're not teaching people to ask God to answer their prayers. We're teaching them to pray as if the prayer has already been answered. Most people are living in the past. Their mind is an archive of past thoughts. <clears throat> their body contains archives of emotions of past experiences. 95% of every thought we have is from the past. Hopefully not you guys. You wake up in the morning and you have different thoughts, right? And if you're not waking up with a clean intention, that's, that would be, here's what I want my life to look like, and an elevated emotion, that's all Philippians 4, if you get it, with thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, that if you can just simply know that he's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's already given it to you. He's outside of time. When he says, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, he's given us everything. So anything that could ever be anything in your life, he's already given it to you. So you cannot be in lack. Amen? And how much does he own? The whole thing. <laughs> And that's why I love science because they don't have to put up with the nonsense of, well, the Bible clearly says they're just like, we don't know what, how this works. We just know it works. And so we're healing cancers. Like, now, yes, we should all be doing that. Amen? We should all be doing that. But because of separation, we, we're begging a God outside of ourselves, hoping he creates something, realizing, no, I've given it to you. It's up to you to, to accept it freely. Just accept it. Amen? So... But when you wake up with a clear desire and an elevated emotion as if you already have it, you are no longer a victim of the past, but the divine creator of your desire. Doesn't that sound like he could teach scripture? Get thrown out of an elders meeting, but he could teach scripture. So uh, I love this too. Humans have the unique ability to observe events before they occur. They can... They can observe events in the three dimensions, what we see times, you know, uh, height, width, it's actually four, but you know what I'm saying, 3D, right? What we, what we're normal, our five physical senses. So man can observe an event before it, before it occurs in the three dimensions of space, meaning there's another dimension, another thing that you can measure it in, and there's time, space, there's different elements that we can measure things on. What you see before it occurs in the three dimensions, then life proceeds according to what you just saw. This plan must exist in another dimension and is slowly moving through our space, that other dimension. The habit of seeing only what your senses permit renders you totally blind to what you otherwise could see. <clears throat> you should cultivate the faculty of seeing the invisible, which we should often deliberately disentangle our minds from the evidence of the senses and focus our attention on an invisible state, mentally feeling it and sensing it until it has all the distinctness of reality. Isn't that good? I love that stuff. Um, here's one. This, uh, I'm going to have this lady come on. I, I wrote a forward for a book. She's supposed to come out in October. We'll have her on like a Wednesday or a Sunday night and just go through her book. It's pretty cool. She's a therapist, does a lot of tapping stuff. You guys familiar with tapping? Which is all real stuff. And people go, oh, do people do that? I go, yeah, you go to the doctor? Like, you ever hit your knee and stuff? It's like, all <laughs> like it's physical things. It's nothing. We're, we're, we have physiology, do we not? So, but there's some really interesting stuff in here. So, uh, as I read it, I'm like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to do a forward for you because this is kind of cool stuff. So she calls it Christ-centered EFT, but she does a lot of uh, spiritual stuff in here. And 
She says, um, if we feel alienated from life with God, it's an illusion. We just went through that. You're one. You could never be separated. God is not far off. He doesn't come and go. He lives on the inside of you. Every time you breathe, it's his breath. That's where he's trying to say, I'm in you, you're in me, they're in us, and we're in them. Like he's trying to show you this. You can't get any closer or more real than one is what he's trying to share there. When you talk to God, you're not speaking to a God somewhere out there outside of you. Does this sound familiar? Truthfully, you cannot separate yourself from God. You are one with him. It, always, it is always only an illusion to see yourself separate from God. Now, this is kind of interesting. So she was doing a, uh, uh, well, she, she quotes this study, which is really pretty interesting. Um, yeah, this is kind of cool too. She's just talking about quantum physics and energy. And uh, it's not hard. If you want to really boil down quantum physics is what you expect to see, you'll see. Is that in the Bible? Ask, you shall receive. Knock, the door will open. Right? Seek. If you look for it, you're going to find it. That's what he's saying. Isn't that interesting? The fact of you observing makes it observable. Pretty wild. It's so... Anyway, so early 1900s, quantum physics, this new advanced science accepted, the uni- science accepted that the universe, including ourselves, is made up of energy. It's called quanta, these little packets of energy which are just photons or light. And I know 30 years from now we're going, man, it was so much better and deeper than that. But that's where we're at right now is everything's energy made up of these little packets of light, the, the smallest things, quanta. Things are not as they appear. It's just the way we see them with our perception. <clears throat> Here's what quantum physics proves. Solid matter does not exist in the universe. Sounds weird, right, when you're sitting in your chair? And it's solid and spirit, solid and spirit. That's why I love the science behind this stuff. The chair you're sitting in feels pretty real to you. However, atoms are not solid. <clears throat> there are subatomic particles inside them, protons, neutrons gathered together in the center of an atom, while the ex- electrons move around the outside of the nucleus. These atoms that were once called matter are no longer called matter. They're actually made up of 99, and then there's five nines, nine, 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 nine percent space. That's a lot of space, isn't it? It's not a lot of matter. <clears throat> Otherwise known as empty space or the unified field. We would call that it's all held together by something we know not to know. It's held together by a left, seamless, timeless thing. That's one. We would call it the spirit of God, right? And because everything's made up of atoms, and, and it means every, everything is energy. Since atoms are 99.999999 or 5 or 6, whatever it is. So <clears throat> this is not just research or possibility, it's been proven over and over again by Nobel Prize winning physicists, including Niels Bohr. In quantum, here's what he quoted. In quantum mechanics, if, if quantum mechanics hasn't profoundly shocked you, you don't understand it yet. Everything we call real is made of things that cannot be regarded as real. Is that in scripture? Hebrews, by faith, we understand that everything we see with our senses is made and held together by something we cannot see. Isn't this interesting? I love this stuff. Anyway, now, this is, now here's where I really want to get. So she's talking about guard your hearts. We are the gardener that's planting seeds in your subconscious mind. What should we like in the kingdom of Jesus, Jesus said. While the conscious mind is our logical mind, that meaning we get to choose what we think on, right? <clears throat> that is, the, prime, that is the, the logical mind that's role as the gatekeeper. According to the Old Testament, the gate, gatekeepers were from the tribe of Levi who were trusted officials and high priests in a servant role to protect the Lord's house. They were stationed at four different gates, the north, south, east, west. It's interesting to note that because of our heart consists of four chambers, Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. 
The word for think in Greek means to open, to act like a gatekeeper. This means that our thoughts are the gatekeeper protecting our our hearts from negative programs that don't serve us well. Whatever you plant in the garden of your heart will grow and manifest as your life. The scripture says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the boundaries of life. Proverbs 4.23. In Hebrew, issues is translated as borders. In other words, what we allow into our minds and think upon will determine the invisible ceiling that limits all of us in our life. Everything you're going through today was put there by you. That is a huge one when you get that. Because we're blaming God, we're blaming COVID, we're blaming all this stuff, right? When you get it, this is empowering. That's what it was to us because we're like, wait, so all the nonsense we put ourselves to, that, that was empowering to us. So, be like, well, so you're trying to say it was my fault? No, scripture said it's your fault. It's not God's fault, right? It's like, we can't blame him. So that was so empowering to us going, beautiful. If I got myself into this mess, I can get it out. That, that was so empowering to us, wasn't it? And people are like, it's, I have a hard time being wrong. I, go, I was so happy to be wrong. I was like, thank you, Lord, that all this stuff I'd been te- taught all these years from religious guys was all wrong. I was so happy about it. So they don't like that, though. Anyway, everything you're going through today was put there by you. This is so empowering. You have the power to choose. You have the choice to expand or retract your energy. You have the choice of life or death. Isn't that wild? Now, there was actually a part in here I wanted to get to you. And I can't, I don't remember where it is, so I'm not going to try to look for it, but I'll tell you. So she was talking about the power of the mind, what we believe, what we, what we perceive. And, and she quoted this study. Some, I've read this before in, in several of these journals, but uh, they did a study with cancer patients. And so they had a, they had a group that was going to go through traditional radiation and then a control group that they were told they're going to go through radiation. They got hooked up the same way. They went through their protocols, did everything. And they were literally just getting a placebo. They were just injecting water into them, basically. Now, here's what's wild. The people that got the radiation and the people who told they were getting radiation but were just getting a placebo, the same, the same third of the people's hair went out. And the body literally produced the same chemicals in their body that they were told that the radiation was going to produce in their body. The same number got healed as the ones who actually did go through radiation. Now, what is that telling you? I'll have to find it. I don't have time right now, but it's pretty, that's pretty cool, isn't it? To the point where, so she goes, here's the thing, guys. You've been fearfully and wonderfully created. You have a, you have a chemical factory within you that when you see life and you, you see what you want versus what you don't want, most of people's days is worried about things that they don't want. And at the same time, they're going, I'm praying to God. Yeah, but your heart is far from them. You're actually worrying about all the things that could go wrong. Amen? Where that's why you got to quiet yourself and see only what you want to see. That's the only labor into that rest. Guys got it? Is that cool? I think that's pretty cool. Where their hair goes out, whatever. So wouldn't we be cool if we started doing things like this? Hey, we got this, we got this for cancer patients. We got this new radiation. There's no side effects. I guarantee it would work. Now, if you are going through it, and we're not telling you not to do it, we're just telling you, if you do go through it, just going, man, I've got it. If, if you could be told that you're, you're literally drinking water, a placebo, but you think you're getting radiation, go, it's going to turn your hair out, and it turns your hair out, when's the last time your hair came out drinking water? Maybe it was me, but um, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like most of us, my wife's hair doesn't fall out when she drinks water. But if she was told she was going to go radiation, not her, she's a bad example because she knows this stuff. 
But other people, if you just accept what you're going to see with the physical results, oh, he's a doctor. He should know what he's talking about. Oh, he's a mega mass pastor. He should know what he's talking about, right? That's gotten me in more trouble than anything in my life, listening to the experts versus just going, what is it saying? It's saying, I carry his glory and believe I have received it. I've received everything. He's given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. I have that ability to shape and transform. Isn't that cool? So is that good? I could keep going, but let's... I got to finish this up for you. So you good on the left. You're one. What you do above, the vav, the power of God above, connects through you and you see it with the power of God below. That's you. In the beginning, you were one and you always will be one. His oneness attached to you two wooden stick people, you. From the beginning, Genesis 1. Cool? All right. Now, so how glorious is God? If we go to this next slide. I mean, you can, glory, it's the, it's the Greek word doxa. And uh, it, it says things that really don't excite me that much. It says, like, a good opinion of me. It'd be like this. It says, Rich, I've got a good opinion about you. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> what does it do for me? <laughs> right? Versus glory, honor, abundance, riches, kavot, weightiness. And weightiness to them was like, what, what's a, an example would be, um, uh, like I was sharing before, like, I don't care what Democrat, Republican, I could care less. If a president of the United States walks in, they carry weight, don't they? Like, whoa, they're weighty. Like, they're important. They're a big deal, aren't they? Well, guess what? You carry his weight. That's what it says when he's given you his kavot, his glory, his weightiness, amen? And I shared with that last week, like, God hates on the unbalanced scales in the temple. You're the temple. He goes, I don't want you to think that you're any less weight than me. I'm the king of righteousness, which is equal weights. Isn't that cool? You're the same weight as me. So anyway, but think about glory, glory, his abundance, his riches, his, everything God has, he's glorious. And we sing these songs, but I'm just trying to get you to start seeing yourself in all these scriptures, seeing yourself in all this light, because Jesus didn't say he gave us a little less glory. He gave us whose glory? His glory. I gave him my glory, is what it says. Then we see Colossians 127. I've shared with you a lot of times. All right, to them, so here's Paul talking about To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Was that glory always there according to the scripture? Yes. They didn't say some magic words because a minister came in and talked to them and he jumped jumped in. It doesn't say that, does it? We, we We read that because that's what we've been taught, but it says he wanted to make them know the riches of the glory of this mystery that's always been there, which is... Christ in you. The anointing is in you. Because all the Hebrew scriptures, there was anointing outside. The anointing on, right? The hope of glory. And hope is confident expectation. Confident expectation of glory. So when we get into that, I just quote, I literally just took it right out of there so you can see it. So it's glory, it's Strong's 1391, doxa from dokeo in Greek, exercising personal opinion. And that's why I was just like, Rich, I really got a good opinion of you. Oh, thanks. Like, but, 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 well, think about this. Let's just do, let's get real practical. Um, Rich, I got a good opinion of you. Okay, fantastic. Or I go, man, something compelled me. I, I just have to pay off your $122,000 debt. Which carries more weight? No, 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 no. It says he gave you his glory. That's how Christians think of it. Oh, no, I don't want that. I just want your good opinion of me. <laughs> oh, Christians are funny to me. 
money doesn't make me happy. That would make you happy. Every one of you would laugh. So, or if you, if you, come on, man. If you, I don't care how much money you have. If you, uh, if you just bought a little scratch off thing at 7-Eleven, whatever, you won a million bucks, right? Roy, and you go, money doesn't make me happy, Patty. I gave it to the guy on the street. <laughs> Let's get real. That's why I'm like, if that's where theology doesn't do that much to me. If like I have a good opinion of you, well, fantastic. What's in it for me, right? So, are you getting the difference? So, anyway, all right. That's why it's so funny. Like, oh, money doesn't make me happy. Just it makes your wife happy. So, it makes me happy too. That's why I'm like you. Right? If you don't want it, give it to me. Well, it makes me happy. So. <laughs> Doesn't it make you happy? Yeah, exactly right. Now, here's what's really cool. When you finally get, it's this glorious flow. You have it all whenever you want it. That makes you happy. Should. Anyway. So, then it says, doxa, 1391 doxa, glory, corresponds to the Old Testament word, kavot. Old Testament, Strong's 3519, to be heavy. Both terms convey God's infinite, intrinsic worth, his substance, his essence. If you go look at glory, and there's, there's a bunch of definitions in there, it'll say abundance, riches, weight, honor. It's all Revelation 5 stuff, power. His, his intrinsic value and honor and power and glory and riches. He's given you that. That's better interpretation to me than, I've got a good opinion of you, Mike. Is anybody else getting this? It means something when he says, Father, the glory you've given me. We all go, wow, yeah, God's got, he's so glorious, man. All things are possible to God. He can do anything. You have not translated that to you yet. And he says, I've given that same thing that you're so in awe of me of to you. Cool? Now, here's what's what's really wild when you look at this. So all these things where it's basically just saying um, what you, quantum physics basically says what you observe will become observable. It'll come real to you. you. Where you focus, Amen. No harder than that. Can you guys do that? All right. So does scripture really say this? This is, this is where I, I fight some of these guys because they're like, it means the good opinion of you don't add anything to it. Good opinion doesn't do that much for me. Sorry. This does something to me where when you look at it in Hebrew, because Hebrew is that corresponds to kavot. It's kaf, bet, vav, delet. And, I, and I've gone through this before, but I want you to get it. You're the heaviest thing on the planet. Like I was sharing in the post today, is I, I went through this in that past thing. Einstein was getting this with the whole E equals MC squared. Energy does equal matter. They go in and out of phase. And, and we can all see this where Romans says, all creation speaks of the glory of God. All creation speaks of him. Well, if he and I are one, then all the scriptures speak of who also? You and I, right? So he gives us things we can see. And we all, we all remember this probably from high school and physics and science, that the sun has more mass than, let's say, Mercury, the planet around it, doesn't it? Now, does the sun, the heaviness, the weightiness, the kavod of the sun, and there's something in this too, the sun have influence and shape the trajectory of Mercury more? Yeah, it bends and shapes it, right? That's where they're saying there's so much weight, literally, that it bends light even. The things that matter's made of. Isn't that wild? And then we can see the whole thing too is is uh, the sun is a picture of what? Sonship, right? When the sun rises, now you're no longer in darkness. That's where you see all these scriptures where it talks about hours and they did the Hebrew blast the trumps at the different times. 
But re you really see a lot of the times it was at noon, where what's at noon? Darkness is finally, it's, it's gone from dark completely to light completely. So that's where you see all these references where Nicodemus came in the dark. He didn't have revelation yet, right? But when you see the sunrise, when you see the daybreak, when you see the morning star, it's all talking about revelation within you. And when that happens, things come to life. So Kaf is that awesome Hebrew letter. It's the one that extends below the line. And it says it's a palm to literally receive something and bless. But it's the hidden power of the Spirit to bring any potential into physical reality. That's pretty cool. So your weightiness, you literally have the, you're the heaviest thing on the planet. You can shape and bend any potential. All things are possible to him, right? You can choose anything. Next week, I'll talk about the menu I was talking about. Once you get it, like all things have been given to you. It's like reading off a menu. So it's like the, the finest five-star dining in the world. And we'll go through that Hebrew word, ahiteo, ask, because it's, uh, Kay Fairchild sent me a thing, which is really good. I was asking her question on it. And uh, it's just a men's translation again of ask, we think it's like, oh, please, God, can I have this? Versus you and the Father are one. So ask yourself, do you want it? Then you can have it. You've, you've already given, he's given you everything that brings to life godliness. So how do we get it? We simply see what we want within and it bends and shapes, takes any potential in the spirit and brings it into the physical. Is that cool? When you saw your, your son's house, you see the fire like a you around it, what did it happen? You around it. Amen? Isn't that cool? You could have you could have done an oh, you could have had the only you, and it would have worked. He bought it four days before. Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? So, so cough. Here's your kabot. Here's your weight. You have the Latin power of the spirit to bring any potential in the physical. Bet is tabernacle house container. Don't you know that ye are the bet of God? You're the container of God. You're the tabernacle. I've shared that with you. You contain Him, right? You're, Vav is a nail or a connector. It literally, like, it's the, the tube of Jacob they talk, talk about when they talk about the letter Vav in Hebrew. Connects the abundance from above to below, the heavens to the earth, to let is your door or path. So you can get it. Here's your weight, guys. Here's your kavot. You can see what you desire, and you have his weightiness. It bends and shapes the spirit and creates any potential in the spiritual. How many things are possible? Anything. So Anything. All things are possible. He's, he, every one of his scriptures is limitless and yes and amen. When you go look at it, all the promises, it's limitless and yes and amen. We're just trying to get ourselves into limitlessness, amen? So you take your eyes off reality of what you don't want. Worry is just meditation on what you don't want. And then you worry about, yeah, I'm doing what you told me to do. And you're worried, stressed out the whole day, focused on what you don't want. Well, what do you think you're gonna get? What you don't want, right? And then you're gonna go, Mike, I'm doing what you're saying and it's not working. It's an impossibility. It's impossible. It's, it's, it literally is impossible. So once you get that it's impossible, you'll go, I, this is impossible. If I picture it, I don't, have to have, I don't have to build up my faith. We have to build up you so you know who you are. Then once you know who you are, you don't need faith because you're already persuaded. Does that, does that make sense? You don't, need you don't need faith in the sense how it's taught, like pray and spit and tongue and... Yeah, shandai. Jeez. Did you Shondai? No, Patty? I didn't Shondai. I said, I see your house, your son told, I, see, I said, I see you telling me that this house is totally fine. And then you did. I said, I just saw this you around his house and it was totally fine. Amen? So that's what happened. That's the cough. We take the Latin potential in the spirit, but any potential, that's why I was saying I'm joking, but I'm not really, is we could have saw his house in a perfect circle where it just went around his property. And that's what would have happened. 
Guys, I'm telling you, this stuff works. Amen? In fact, one of them, there's funny, this testimony, this lady uh, from Melbourne sent me, uh, Amanda, I think is, sorry, Amanda, if it's, I'm pretty sure it was you. You sent me one today, and you said, I'm trying this stuff, and um, do you know what a cuppa is? I didn't either, but I figured it had to do something with tea, because it's from Melbourne, so it's cuppa is a cup of tea. So she goes, I was, I was having a cuppa, and I wanted something sweet, and I realized I didn't have anything sweet in my cupboard. So I saw myself having something sweet with my cuppa, and 10 minutes later, a friend said, hey, I baked this one thing. Can I bring it over? I go, man, I'm telling you, it works. Now, here's what's so wild. Isn't that done the work? We do this all the time in our prayer group. I think a lot of people join on, they go, that's it? A five-year-old can do the kingdom. It has to, right? So, huh? No, no, tonguing and weird. No, we're going to kick you off if you do that stuff. Go spit somewhere else. COVID. So, we're just going to mute you. <laughs> so, not necessary. The kingdom does not come by observation. Stop praying outside, guys, when Jesus is teaching about praying. You and the Father are one. He can hear you. <laughs> what you do within, the whole world will see without. That's how he teaches prayer, right? No, no, that's not how Jesus teaches I know, yeah, good. He also says, yeah, I show you a better way, <laughs> right? I show you a better way, just love. And if you know he's given you everything in love, then you can just receive it in love and go to sleep, amen? So the glory of Christ is the Latin power of the spirit within us, the bet, the tabernacle, the house, to take any potential of his glory. So what do you want? That's what I've been sharing with you over and over, but I want to show you that scripture shows this stuff, amen? Is this helping you? All right, so this last slide, we'll finish this. Sorry, I went a little late. You guys good? So, I just really summarize this stuff. You know, none of us have really start reading scripture now and placing yourself in there where it says Lord and Jesus and Yahweh because you're one. He's trying to show you you're his highest creation. Father, let them see that just as Jesus and the Father were one, are we okay with that? That Jesus and the Father were one? And he says, just as we were one, let them realize they are one and I've given the glory you gave me to them. And his glory is the, the Latin ability to take anything the vav above, when oneness, what you do in the spirit is connected through you and attaches you through the abundance that's in heaven. How much is abundance in the spirit? Everything is what Paul says. He says, I've given you every blessing in the spiritual realm. Didn't he? I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. By faith, we understand that everything physical is held in changeable, malleable, formed by something we can't see called the spirit, we would call it his glory, his kavot, and he's given his glory to you to take anything you desire and shape it into the physical. Now, you didn't create it. Everything that creation has done, all he cre- Genesis, we see everything he created, and was it good or bad? It's good. Everything's already there. All you're really doing, guys, is choosing any potential, because he's outside of time, that you ever want in your life, eliminating that thing, that dimension of time, and just bringing it to you and experiencing it now. It's already there. Isn't that wild? So that'll help you because people are like, I'm trying to manifest and I get all those words because they make sense. And, but really, we're, we're, we're not manifesting anything. Like we're, we're, All we're really doing is freely receiving what the love of the Father's already given every one of us. We just lay hold of it. Oh, I, I choose that. So I just wrote, none of us have any problem believing that God can change any situation. I was sharing that last week. If God came in and says, you know what? Rich, you won a million dollars. 
If it was Jesus, you'd go, fire it up. I'd rather just have the good opinion of me. You can keep it. And then I'll beat you over the head and go, you can give it to me. I'll take it, right? <laughs> See, we, we all get excited about that. Like, man, he, if you're struggling with health, he can't, like Ashley was just saying, I see you with these ulcer things you can't go to Taco Bell. That alone should cause you to repent. So Taco Bell is like heaven to me. I know she doesn't like it, but I'm like, it's so good. Like, how do you not like this stuff? It's like, it's just delicious stuff. Like the Taco Bell meat is just, I don't know what it is. It's glorious. It's the kavot of God. It's something in there. So <laughs> it just is to me. I love it. Uh, what was I saying? I got distracted by Taco Bell. <laughs> anyway, you can take any, any situation, anything, right? Oh, you know what we should do for a fun project? We should see, we should see, let's start, let's just do have this our little our project. Let's start seeing them bring back Mexican pizza. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's just do it as a stupid thing. You with me? I'll do it with you. Okay. <laughs> just to show you guys, you can do this stuff. All things are possible. You like that too? Oh, Mexican pizza is the best, man. Oh, I don't know, communist, COVID stuff. I don't know. I don't know what happened. So anyway. All right. Who's the tabernacle? Where does God exist? Inside. You're the bet. You're the house of God, right? Jacob's ladder, where is it? Where the messages go from heaven and earth. You, you're it, right? Because he says, surely this is the gateway to God. I preserved a way back into the garden. It's between the cherubim. And the garden of what? What's the name of the garden? Eden. Eden is pleasures, delight, Mexican pizza pleasurable, delightful stuff. Anyway, it's this beautiful stuff. And he goes, I preserved a way back into that, to the Garden of Eden is three, three letters. I end the let noon. What you see within is the doorway to life of pleasures of life. What you see is the doorway back into the garden. Amen? What you see, all the Hebrew points to the exact same thing. It points to you. It points to who you are. So Christ is crucified. It's literally vav nailed to you, to mankind. And that vav is the, the connector where heaven and earth meet. Jakov, Jakov, Jacob, right? Jakov. Jakov is going to supplant anything you see physical is what it says. Esau, the physical world, what you, the second son, Jacob, is going to supplant anything in the physical. Amen? That's the vav. How does it happen? We are the connector between heaven and earth. We literally can see what we desire our life to look like in the spirit. And it's the divine connection that takes the abundance, the kavot, the glory of God, and we see it manifested real here, and that becomes our life. Amen? Does that help? All right, you can get to your feet. Hopefully, all these, I'll be done with this, because I just wanted to really hammer this in. We're one, Aleph, the two yods with a vav in between. That's so cool to me. What you do in the spiritual, well, you'll see in the physical. What you bind in the spiritual, will be bound in the physical. Amen? I've given you the keys, the royal rule and reign. Isn't that right? So how do you make it practical? I've, I've given you a million examples. Um, it first entails just getting your eyes, your senses off what you don't want. Don't spend your time looking at it. I get it. It's a mile from my house. I just bought it, right? Scary. Let's take a deep breath and just see what we desire because we are the vav. We're the, we carry the kavod of God. We all trust that if God said, you know what, spare this house. We all know it would spare that house. But you and the Father are one. He's given you his kavot, his ability to take any potential and create it into the physical. Amen? That's pretty cool when you get it. I'm not saying I got it all, but I'm working on it. I'm starting to really just get, like, I'm just trying to share it with you. And, and uh, it's that simple. 
It's that simple. No long prayers, no, no nothing. It's just like, just be persuaded that you and he are one. And you can choose any potential. So, guy is sick of debt. So what does he see? I just saw myself. Thank you, Father. I see, I see myself logging in and there's zero balance on there. Did it happen? Yeah. You know, the testimony I shared today, I'm 180 whatever thousand dollars in debt. COVID, nobody's doing anything. All my coworkers are out and he's in sales. I just started seeing sales coming in. It's like, I'm seven days a week is what he said. 300% of my, and my usual monthly quotas. During COVID, he goes, all my coworkers are at home. He's not ringing. He goes, they're calling me. Now, I, I talked to him personally. He came out here and visited me. And he's like, literally, they're calling me. I go, bro, I'm telling you, that's how it works. <laughs> you, you can either smile and dial or you just go, you know what? I see them calling me. I see them desiring what I have. I have the weight of God. I have the weightiness of God, right? Anything that, the anointing that's attracted to Jesus, do you carry that anointing? Yes, so anything that Jesus could ever desire or want is attracted to him. That means anything that you could ever want is attracted to you. See yourself as already having it and it'll happen. Amen? So you can choose anything. Health, relationships, money. Just see what you do desire and let the love of God bring it to you in ways you know not how. Amen? God bless you guys. Hopefully that helps.